Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill. And as always, I'm joined by my friends, Cameron hey. and Bailey. Yo. Bailey, pray us in, man. Of course. Um, Lord, we just devote this time to you and pray that you would um, be in our hearts, be in our minds as we speak so that we might be wiser men than we currently are when we're done with this conversation. So Lord, we love you and we set our minds on you right now in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thanks, man. Uh, so last time uh, we had uh, one of my friends, one of my Norwegian friends named Endra on, and he we had a long conversation about lots of different things, but we we're all kind of like circling this kind of one topic of the meaning of life mm. and mm. how that looks from a atheistic kind of naturalist perspective and how that looks from a Christian theistic perspective. Um, there was a lot we talked about, but mm. there was also things mentioned from everyone that we never got the chance to get to. And I was like, man, it would be really great if we could like chase that for a little bit, but we can't because yeah. this episode's already too long. So there are some things that I have written down that for us to unpack and kind of go through. Um, but there was one thing I, I have to apologize to both of you because I robbed you of the opportunity at the end of that episode to answer Andrew's <laughs> question. Uh, oh, more like no. time robbed it from us. I've so, thought about sure. it every moment since then, actually. Yeah. But we've reconciled. It's okay, right? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so I want to go ahead. Uh, Endra uh, asked me a question earlier that week and asked me the same question on the podcast, which is, if your worldview changed, say you became like an atheist tomorrow, mm-hmm. what would change about your life? Um, this is a really interesting question because I, I remember there was a story a couple years ago. I, I think the guy still goes around and does uh uh, like TED Talks or whatever, mm. but he was a former Christian pastor who was asked uh, after one of his worship services, what kind of difference does God make in your life? Mm-hmm. And his answer, uh, I, I didn't think was great. His answer was, I can't really think of anything. So oh, how gosh. about I oh. try and live a year without God in my life? Oh, yeah. And guess what his conclusion was? It didn't matter. It didn't really matter. It didn't, yeah. change, it didn't change whether or not I believed in God or not. So that's a very interesting story. You can just Google what I'm talking about. Pastor tries a year without God. And you can find the story from his words and also a conversation he had with Sean McDowell actually about that book. But let's kind of talk about our own lives, right? What difference does God make? If we, if we changed our minds tomorrow and became atheists, how would our lives change? Gosh, that's, that's really hard to say. If we, so it's one thing to, yeah, that, that's a difficult question. So if, if I became an atheist tomorrow, how would I change? It's really hard to know because so much of my, um, I still have the same moral instincts. Mm. And most of my, I've got a whole like morality talk that's in my mm. head that I want to talk about, which is not really that important. But I'll just say most of my moral instincts I think would be the same. It's not the case that, uh, so it's true. It's true that if God didn't exist, that there's no ground for morality and goodness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that if tomorrow decided to be an atheist, that I therefore would live as though goodness and morality weren't true. And I think that's all things because God is real (laughs) and because, (laughs) because, um, part of human, a human constitution is a sense of, um, goodness and virtue. But how does my life change tomorrow? Like I don't start robbing banks and shooting people. Like, you know, I don't shoot the guy who's going to take my parking spot or just take what I want or start like live 
sort of a fully immoral libertine lifestyle. Mm. Mm. Um, I think as far as what my life looks, I mean that also I'm here as a missionary with the IMB, right? So if I'm convinced that God doesn't exist, I probably would have to find a new line of work. Mm. Um, Mm. But I don't think it's the case that you become an atheist and most of the, uh, how do I explain it? Say the texture of my life is that mm-hmm. different? I think I'd work and I would protect and provide for my family as best I could and try and raise my children to be virtuous and love my wife and all of that. But I would, I guess I probably would be whistling while I work, right? Mm-hmm. I recognize well, that the whole history of humanity and the whole history of myself and my family, um, like we talked about last time, really can be reduced to a chemical equation. Mm-hmm. And in the in the light of the existence and eventual death of the universe. It just didn't, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. So then what's different about my life is my eternity. Mm. The purpose of this life. So I guess I kind of struggled off instead of a missionary. I guess I wouldn't have to do that. But like we've talked a lot about what is the purpose of our lives and the way that I put mine is to be maximally useful for the kingdom of God. Well, then my life just doesn't have that focus anymore, right? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot to yeah. say. I haven't, uh, I obviously haven't prepared a good answer to the question because I, I wasn't aware that you're going to ask that one first. But, mm. but yeah, I mean, how does life change? It's like every, like the whole found, the foundation of my life gets ripped up. And so I walk around happily in midair. Yeah. No, well, I guess similar to my answer was that I wouldn't like my moral compass wouldn't like do a 180 overnight. Right. But I would definitely go insane. Like I would, Mm. because listen, like what you'd have to learn, because even in your answer, like what you just said, like you were just like, no, I'd raise my children to live virtuous lives. Mm -hmm. Whatever that means, (laughs) whatever a virtuous life means. Like, okay, wow. Now I have to define, yeah, I guess, I guess all I was ever doing was defining for myself what was virtuous, but then what authority do I have in this? And like, oh, wait, when I see like moral atrocities happening in mm-hmm. the other world, like I have no grounds to say whether or not, like all I can say is, no, I don't like that. It's, right. just, it's just gross and icky to me. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, I'd drive myself crazy trying to like lie to myself and delude myself that anything I was doing was important or that anything that I believed was right was actually right instead of like mm-hmm. just my opinion. Because I don't feel the way that I feel about moral atrocities like I do about like what brand of soda is like my favorite. Right. Like, but like oh, when moral atrocities happen, like human beings, we get together and we protest or we stand up for the oppressed and injust in, yeah. and injustice that's happening around the world. We, we stand, stand up, up against for the injustice. Yeah. For, yeah. The <laughs> for the injustice. For the injustice. Against the injustice. Um, but I think that, I, I think that once you rip out, like my whole foundation for morality, human rights, meaning or anything like that, like, which is God and Mm -hmm. the Christian worldview. Now it's kind of like, okay, I can't pretend like I've, I can't pretend like I haven't seen what I've seen. Like what I've seen is the absurdity of life without God. Mm -hmm. So now we've ripped out God. So now what I'm left is, is like uh, what I would say is like definitely a really absurd, meaningless, non morally neutral, which is gosh is horrible because the world we know isn't morally neutral. Mm. So I'm just saying that like I would I, I would drive myself crazy. Like I can't pretend mm. like no no no. Like I made all these arguments for why life is absurd without God to encourage belief in God. Mm-hmm. But now that God's out of the equation, like no no no. Like life is well maybe life really isn't absurd without God. Like no, I would just say like no, life is absurd. And yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's kind of it's, what I was thinking, right? So there, it's like, okay, so then do you start, imagine whatever the, like, you do start hurting people tomorrow because you realize that morality is uh, is an illusion? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think, I I don't hurt people. I don't like to. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, like, causing somebody pain makes me recoil. I don't think that changes in my heart tomorrow. Maybe my conscience does devolve Mm -hmm. but i Mm -hmm. I don't i can't imagine what that's like but that brings me to is this problem it's like oh well then everything's absurd i mean you've just taken off the taken out the foundation for existence so it's a hard thing for me to even imagine what what that would be like Mm. you do know know what i mean it's like god's part Mm -hmm. of my background knowledge so it's like asking what if um what if existence went away tomorrow what would that be like for you Mm. i'm like i can't (laughs) it's hard for me even to make sense of such a yeah, such an existence. It's hard for me to even make sense of such a concept mm-hmm. of what would existence be like if existence went away. So it's like, well, if God, if uh, if you decide tomorrow you were convinced that God wasn't real, that's like, well, I think I'd be wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I, I don't know. That's a that's a tough question to answer. Mm-hmm. You guys are you? you guys are way gooder men than me. <laughs> um, so like to piggyback on some of our conversation last week. Um, in like an ultimate or a theological mm-hmm. sense, I would, um, I think I'd still agree that we can't find a meaning of life without God. Mm-hmm. So if the meaning of life um, basis was just torn out, um, then I would search for tons of meanings in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so my family and you know all the things that temporarily hold us over yeah. um, that we Christians claim aren't sustainable, um, but they'll feel good for mm. a little bit. Um, so I would just live life with a ton of those, um, ultimately. And then like in a practical sense, when, um, Andra asked us that last week, my mind started getting really creative and I'm like, <laughs> this could be awesome. <laughs> um, so like, I don't know, to just, uh, break it down to three branches. Like, first of all, Practically, I would move to Hawaii <laughs> and I'd convince all my family and friends who I cared about, including you guys, to mm-hmm. move there with me. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I love Norway. Norway is awesome, but nothing is Hawaii. So, um, one, I'd move to Hawaii and bring everyone with me. Two, I would um, do basically like my highest motivator would be whatever puts a smile on Grace and Shep's face. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if they're smiling and happy, then I'm doing that thing and sprinting in that direction. Mm. Um, and then third, I would um, switch right back into gear of where I left off as an atheist, except I'd be a better atheist this time. <laughs> um, and I would uh, start preaching the gospel of there is no God mm-hmm. and mm. walk into churches and religious services. And obviously, like I wouldn't care that much to where... You know, I'd move to Norway mm-hmm. for it, you know, because since we believe God is real and he's the center in everything of our lives, then he can tell us to do crazy things like move to Norway mm-hmm. and we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't have that huge compelling force, um, but I would have, I know for certain, a desire to still be evangelizing in some sense, yeah. um, but in the sense that I'd be like, hey, all you deceived worshipers, like it's tragic what you guys are doing like mm. you got 80 years live them well like <laughs> stop wasting your time yeah. in a building um three days out of the week and let's get out of here and enjoy hawaii together yeah. and just 
part like there is no party in heaven. There is a party on earth, and you're missing it. Mm. Um, so I'd definitely be doing that, but not too. I wouldn't be too strongly uh, forced to do it. I would mm-hmm. just be in my free time. Yeah, and be like, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, oh, there's one other thing I was thinking. Um, I don't just like the you're saying our um, conscience may devolve. Mm-hmm. I think absolutely mine would um and we'd have like you're saying like we'd still have our own conscience so even if i don't have an explanation for why i have this conscience and have these morals in my mm-hmm. um mind and heart um i'd still have them nonetheless so if i found out tomorrow okay god isn't real and i believe that um then i would not start killing people tomorrow right but I'd definitely be headed in the direction of, well, when it suits me. Like, <laughs> I'm going to kill people. Yeah. Like, if someone, literally, if someone messes with Shepard, mm-hmm. then, like, I'm not waiting for a judge to deal with this. Like, right. no, mm-hmm. I'll chop that dude's head off and yeah. we'll flee to a different country if we have to. Like, just. <laughs> wow, that's on I the would, record. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, I get um, it. Yeah. I totally would. Like, devolve and like my conscience wouldn't be tomorrow mm-hmm. different to where mm-hmm. I'd start acting totally differently. Um, but basically I would feel like all the restraints are off and it's like, okay, we can literally question anything mm-hmm. and there's really like no reason for why I act good in this way. And I know that naturally that would just, mm-hmm. things would get looser and looser over time. And yeah, I would serve and love myself <laughs> and my family and it would be awesome. Well, so, yeah. Well, it would be awesome on Earth. On Earth, yeah. <laughs> Until I find out that God is real. Uh, <laughs> right. Past Earth. So yeah. remember when we talked to Marius, and Marius said, mm. like, he's like, I think it's literally irrational not to believe that God exists. Mm. And yeah. uh, his perspective or his opinion is that it's more rational to believe in God's existence even than his own. He's like, it's possible that I am a figment in God's imagination. Mm. It's mm. not possible that he's a figment of mine. Um, and I... I might agree with that. I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it long mm. enough. But I find myself um, wondering, like, I don't know what evidence could convince me God doesn't exist. I mm-hmm. can imagine evidence that could convince me that Christianity wasn't true. Mm. We could fi- if we found Jesus' bones, that's a big problem, mm. right? So there, there are, and there are a number of those things where if, if uh, certain kinds of evidence came in, I'd have to change my mind about um, Christian theism. Mm. But I don't know that I even could be persuaded that God doesn't exist because I think without God, you don't get consciousness. I think without God, you don't get free will, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm just so certain that I'm conscious and that my will is at least sometimes free Mm -hmm. that I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could even be persuaded that there wasn't some being at least powerful enough to create beings who are able to like us, who are able to exercise free will in, in a causal chain able to mm. break a causal chain sort of metaphysically and exercise free will and for conscious for non-physical consciousness to be a thing that exists i don't know that i like i'm so convinced mm. that you need to have mm. you need to have god or at least a, a sufficiently powerful creator 
for mm-hmm. those things to exist. I don't know that I could do it. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't. I could become a pantheist could. or something. I mean, yeah. I, th- I couldn't today. But if there, <laughs> I could imagine the right kind of evidence coming in where I'd be persuaded of deism or pantheism or something and then have to wrestle with, yeah, but all this other particular theism stuff that, and mm. but w- that's hard to imagine. But I don't know that I could do, I don't know that I could believe God doesn't exist. Mm. I don't know about pantheism for me. I have to, <laughs> we'd have to talk about that. But um, yeah, I, so it's possible, right? Like I could be persuaded that Christianity is not true. I mean, I'm having a real hard time trying to think of what exactly would convince me God doesn't exist. Because I mean, even to talk about things like like it, existence, like it, mm-hmm. our ability to reason and understand each other, right? Like you, you. Talked about consciousness, right? Like our consciousness to um, perceive each other in the world. Like I mean, like the ver- it, it would be, it would be like you run into this like bootstrapping problem where it's like literally the medium by which we're discussing the argument that proves God doesn't exist, like proves that God exists. And so I would have a I'd have a hard time really wrapping my mind around. God not existing. So, but that's anyway, we could talk about our favorite arguments for the existence of well, God. Can I? Yeah, go for, um, go ahead. I, so I would say, like, I think mm-hmm. if I consider myself to be a solely logical, reasonable man, mm-hmm. then I definitely, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially knowing, because um, mm-hmm. have you guys, um, would you say, you were ever non-believers at a point in your life? Like, I know... I don't so, think so. I don't yeah. think I can say... if, if uh, I can't like, point at a time in my life. So maybe not um, mm-hmm. believers in the cross and, like, people who can explain the gospel and mm-hmm. know that you're saved, but would you say that you've ever had a point in your life where you didn't believe that God was a part of everything? No, no, I don't think so. I can't remember yeah. a time. Yeah. Um, so, like, as a guy who totally was there <laughs> at one point, um, yeah. I think if I um, include in the um, discussion that I am an emotional and, like, all these other parts of being a human, mm-hmm. besides just our brains thinking logically and reasonably, like, I think I could definitely be persuaded, not in the sense of reason, but in the sense of um, either something happens in my life where God lets me down or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just totally wrecked and Mm -hmm. I, my heart shifts to a willingness and even a desire to believe that he doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I think that could totally happen. I get that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could go down that road. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would like he's freaking real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I get that too. But but that's where like the delusion part of it comes into me. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that like you, you've talked about like your testimony before Mm -hmm. where you're like, uh, you used to think like the people worshiping God, like in the building, like these are the brainwashed like slaves. Mm. I'm like, no, I think that's the other way. Yeah. Like with the, if you want to say that, like, okay, if, if I turn off the logical side of it and go with like purely pragmatic or emotional reasons for like, no, 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 like I'm an atheist and I'm going to keep living my subjective, like that's the slavery mm. delusion in my mind. Well, I just said some controversial. I l- respect any atheist listeners right now, and of course respect my friend. Uh, Endra, but I do think that 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 definitely lends itself more towards mm. like no 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 I'm pretending like all those like logical reasons might not exist and not every atheist does that but yeah. those who do mm. I'm and I'm going to pretend like my emotional drive to just do what I want or 
pretend the things that have meaning in my life have meaning. Like that's going to be what drives me to do that. Even though they don't actually have meaning, these things might not actually be morally right. And God might actually exist. I'm going to ignore that and just be driven by this emotional Mm. thing. I think that's the real slavery and delusion, I would say. Mm, Um, Well, yeah, if we don't have anything more to say about that, we can go ahead and move on to something else that, uh, kind of more, kind of on this like morality kind of thing. Uh, so Ender was talking about like how about there are different societies in the world that have different moral standards, right? Yeah. So like there are certain cultural, um, uh, certain cultural taboos around like self defense in the U.S. and of course in Norway as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the example he used from his mouth was that self defense might be more acceptable in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Norway, it's uh, you know. Killing someone with a gun in Norway is uh, he. He was saying like it's more it's more of a bigger deal, mm. or it's more of a uh, you know if you, if you want to claim self defense, that's going to be a harder fight to fight in Norway or something like mm. that. I don't have any of the political details around it, but that's a comparison he made um, uh, on the morality question, just in yeah. general, right? Talking about their moral differences in other cultures and the subjective kind of system of morality is better because on your guys's view, you're just trying to say like, well, God told me this yeah. and that's enough for me. Um, what do we kind of think about that? Um, I definitely, I know I have a lot of thoughts to say about yeah. that, but I think it's ahead, an yeah. easy thing to believe, but I think it's mm. ultimately false. So mm. I think Indra's judgment was, well, look, we, he, he, in fact, he just said it. He goes, we live in a, a morally relativistic world. Yeah. And we have just look at different cultures that have totally different ideas of morality. And he gave us a few examples, Mm -hmm. but I think that, I think that's not a close enough look. I think that it's a, it's a subtler thing than that. Mm -hmm. And that if you spend some time uh, with, you spend some time thinking about it, um, that that's not the case. So surely there are people have different moral opinions and there are a couple things to say about that. One is, the fact that people have different opinions about what's correct doesn't mean there's no correct answer. Hmm. Right. So, which like we do science, right? Right. (laughs) We do science and we don't say there are so many opinions about this. There's just no right answer. We just live in a scientifically relativistic world Hmm. where you have the science that works for you and you guys have science that works for you or math. We live in a math, mathematically relativistic world. You guys have your math and we have our math and, and you just can't mix them. Um, we see how that would be silly. Mm. But when it's moral judgments, I think because most of us make the way that we do our moral processing, when we, mm-hmm. when we do call it moral calculation, because of how we do that, because we're so untrained in actual dealing with actual ethical and moral uh, problems, that it feels like an opinion. When you imagine imagine any moral thing mm. and go, how would you react? Mm. And the way that it comes to your mind, how you would react, feels like an opinion. Mm. It doesn't feel like uh, you know. My my daughter Celia loves to to give me. She calls math facts. Papa, what's one hundred and seventeen plus ninety two? And she just she'll do that for an hour, and it's the most irritating, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the process that my mind goes through to answer her math facts questions feels nothing like the process that my that my being goes through to make moral judgments. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of it feels like one of them I'm using my mind and the other one I'm using my opinion making mm. mechanism. So, um, I think that lets us down mm. because what we're saying, what the three of us are saying is no, 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 there are facts of the matter with respect to 
moral questions and moral statements. They can be true or they can be true or false. Mm. And we look around the world and we go, well, look at how people express their various moral opinions. They're all different, therefore there must be no fact of the matter. And because I'm not using my mind, it doesn't feel like I'm using my my the thing that makes objective judgment about the world when I do my moral reasoning, it feels like maybe there's no fact of the matter. But if we look at any of those instances, I mean, I found that when people give me examples of these culturally um, different moral uh, moral judgments to tell me, therefore, morality is at least culturally relative, I, f- I found that if we just spend a little bit of time with them, we find out that there really is no difference really in the, in the main moral principle. So I'll start with an easier one to deal with, and then maybe one of you guys can try mm. and deal with the one that, that Enzo gave us. Mm. But an easy one might be um, uh, people in India don't eat, they don't eat cows. And so, mm. and in the United States, we have uh, vegans and people who don't eat meat for certain reasons. It's for different reasons than the people than certain Hindus don't eat cows. Um, but I have no problem eating beef in my house, mm. and uh, I have an Indian friend who might have a severe problem and wouldn't eat beef in my house and wouldn't offer me any in hers. And you go, look, we have this moral difference of opinion. She thinks it's wildly immoral to eat beef, and I think that there's no moral problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that necessarily, so there's an uh, an example of a difference, and therefore that's a, a morally relative claim. It's not true or false. You just have mm-hmm. you know, you, and then you expand it to the um, scale of culture, and you say one culture has this beef eating thing, and another culture doesn't. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the moral principle involved, it really doesn't have much to do with with eating cows necessarily, as far as my Indian friend is concerned. With her, the reason that she doesn't eat you, you don't eat cows is because it's possible that your ancestors have been reincarnated as those cows. Mm-hmm. So the moral question isn't really whether or not we should eat cows. The moral question is whether or not we should eat grandma, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Which, and I, I'm sorry, I don't, I, I don't mean to make it silly or flippant. Mm, I, sure. mean, I mean, like truly, literally, that, yeah. that ca- the spirit of grandma could be inside of that cow, so we don't eat it because we could be killing and eating grandma. Mm. And that has all kinds of um, repercussions in their religious system. So and then now ask me and my Indian friend, what Who's your right. moral judgment mm. about should we eat grandma? Mm. And it turns out we agree at that level, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> so the difference that we have, the difference between us, mm-hmm. is not a moral disagreement. Mm. It's a uh, it's a disagreement about wh- about who grandma is, right? It's a it's mm. a disagreement about a different kind of fact. We agree on the moral fact. Mm-hmm. We disagree on the location of grandma. Mm. So, uh, so, uh, so it turns out that we we agree, we disagree on something like a scientific fact, right? Like yeah. that mm. where, we, where we disagree is not mm. on the level of morality. Where we disagree is on the level of particulars. And I mm. think that in almost every case, now there's some difficult things to figure out, and there are some gray areas, and there are ways that we say, okay, as as humans and cultures and society, like how do we live out? Um, the the moral truths that we believe and that's all kind of messy but i think in each of these cases we deal with what's the moral disagreement well it turns out that we have widespread moral agreement and we disagree about a different kind of a fact mm-hmm. so that's exactly what i have in mind when Endra says something like we just have different um like when it comes to defending yourself and here's what self-defense looks like uh i go well okay well, let's let's unpack that a little bit let's play with that a little bit and see what's the actual moral principle at play and mm-hmm. I would, I would tell you, I mean, I can't think of an example where it didn't turn out like this. Um, mm. So I don't want to say all the time just because I can't. That's not who I am. Mm. But I can't think of a counterexample where it turns out we have the same moral principle and we disagree about some other kind of fact mm. that implies how we should behave in the light of a given moral principle. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, because even as you're explaining that, like definitely, 
definitely shed some light on another issue he brought up, which was abortion, right? Yeah. And, how, and how the difference of like, um, like people who are pro-life, uh, like ourselves, uh, mm-hmm. will definitely have like, would be like, well, no, like, you know, abortion is taking human life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was saying that, you know, in Norway, it's not that really that big of a deal. They mostly just look at it as a, as a medical, medical procedure. procedure. Yeah. But if we, you know, if we get at bottom, like if we just ask pro-choice people and pro-life people, the question, right? Like, is it wrong to kill babies, right? Mm-hmm. Both camps would say yes, right? right. And, but what we disagree on is what is a baby, right? right? We just, well, yeah. Yeah, imagine, well, don't yeah. imagine me doing this. We'll do this. Mm-hmm. A thought exper- it's a thought experiment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I say, I'm going, to, um, I'm going to execute my daughter. Mm. You go, whoa, you can't do that. Well, why not? It's just a medical procedure. The difference yeah. of opinion, it turns out, we'd all, we'd all agree, no, you can't mm-hmm. kill children. That's a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. But then what's the nature of the thing I'm killing in the in the procedure that it takes to do it? So when he goes, we just mm-hmm. see it as a medical procedure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have the wrong facts. That's what I would say. So yeah. I would say, you just have the wrong facts. It turns out it's not merely a medical procedure. It feels very medical and because, it, uh, because of the... Uh, because of the setting, but mm. the procedure that's actually happening is you're terminating the life of an early development human person, mm-hmm. and which is a which is a baby, right? So you're terminating the life of a, of an early develop early stage of development human person. Is yeah. that okay to do? And then we usually quick th- kick the question up a step or something. Like I would just say mm-hmm. no, you, that you don't have warrant to do that. And then whatever. So then there's the point right, is not right, the yeah. abortion debate. The point is, no, no, we disagree mm. about the facts. So if someone goes, mm. it's a medical procedure. It's like having a wart removed. And I said, no, it's not having a wart removed. Did you know you're actually killing a human being? You are. I had no idea. And when we can agree about the facts, mm-hmm. then that actually illuminates whether or not we have a moral disagreement. And I think in most cases, we don't. And you'll notice in the abortion debate, that's where the debate kind of, I mean, once you blow away all the political nonsense. Mm-hmm. It turns into well, what is this thing? Go, well, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an abortion. It's a pregnancy termination. Right. Or it's not. It's not murder. It's whatever. It's not a human. It's a clump of cells. It's not a human any more than an acorn is a tree. Right. Something mm. like that. Mm. Yeah. Go, okay. So what we're disagreeing about is the nature of the thing being killed. We don't have a moral disagreement. We agree you can't kill babies. I'm mm. saying that's a baby, and you're saying it's not a baby. Our disagreement turns out is on a is about a different thing mm. than the actual moral principle involved. Yeah. No. Very. Very true. And that definitely like helps in not just that debate, but really in any debate, like to talk about like, okay, well let's actually uh, talk about the facts involved. Mm-hmm. And it, because yeah, because we, yeah. people's consciences all come from the same creator. Well, Anyways, Tom, he, but yeah. he brought up, um, he brought up gun use mm-hmm. and he goes, America, he didn't say this. And I'm not, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. I'm just making an extreme argument for the, for the purpose of illustration, yeah. but they go, you Americans are gun crazy mm. and you can't be gun crazy. Cause look, you kill all of the, you kill mm. all of these people. And Americans might say, no, we're gun crazy because well, whatever, because people might come <laughs> and try, people might try and hurt me. And I have a, I have a right to defend myself. Mm. And what's the moral principle at, bo- at the bottom of that is you're not allowed to kill people. Yeah. You can't murder people. That's an immoral mm. thing to do. Yeah. And the disagreement is about, okay, well, if you have all of these guns and as, and a culture that, um, prizes gun ownership, you're more likely to kill more innocent people. And that's, that's morally bad. And mm-hmm. uh, someone on the other side of the debate or that argument might say something like, no, 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 no. I would never kill an innocent person, but because I have such a value for human life, namely mine and the life of my children and my, and my family, I want to protect myself and them against somebody who would mean them harm. Mm-hmm. And so we agree about the moral principle about the value of human life and whether or not you're allowed to murder people. 
we disagree about some other kind of effect. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's just it. um, like that's awesome to hear because um, like, well, first of all, it just um, points to like the fact that the moral law, like God's law is written on our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's all, like you've never said everything you just said. Uh, in front of my ears until just now. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, that one's cool. Mm. Um, just to understand and see how like that, I think totally is truly planted in our hearts and, mm. you know, we're accountable to it um, because we can like pick it apart and see how clearly written on our hearts the mm-hmm. moral um, law is. Um, but then just in addition to that, I was thinking um, about an analogy you use a lot, which is like, um, if God just created us as robots or mm. if we lived in a cartoon universe, which mm. I feel like is essentially what we would be living in if um, the moral law was any more apparent to us. Mm-hmm. Like if it was more apparent than written on our hearts to where we can talk and realize that at bottom, that's what we're hitting. Um, and it was like, you know, written in the sky for everyone to see constantly. Mm-hmm then like basically that would be a cartoon universe mm. where, you know, our free will is taken out of the equation. And so hmm. just, yeah. I see how, um, God is like safeguarding all these different, um, isn't it interesting? He allows for real actual being. moral virtue yeah. in order to have a universe mm. with moral virtue. You have to have creatures who can choose to be virtuous or vicious. Mm. And so you, and as a creator, you'd have to strike exactly that balance where yeah. there's enough understanding of virtue that, people understand it and they recognize its goodness and its value, but enough opportunity to be awful that you can actually choose to be virtuous. Mm. And so that's mm-hmm. what we don't say about things that don't have free will. We don't call them virtuous or not, right? You see some, you know, there there are these wasps mm. that like lay their eggs inside of a spider's body. And we can say, ew, but we can't really <laughs> say that that's immoral because that thing doesn't have the ability, the ability mm-hmm. to uh, express moral virtue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, so I, I, I don't mean to to take um, to take your time, but yeah, that's mm. that's a. I think that's a really excellent um, observation. That if we had, if the moral law was is too clear, mm. then we lose the opportunity to actually express real virtue mm. because we um, because we we lose the opportunity to make a choice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And just like understanding that that's where the gray area comes in. Mm-hmm. Like the gray area is the genius of God to give us this balance where we can not be robots, um, but we can be reasonable people. Who, yeah. yeah. So hmm. awesome God. Awesome job, God. I fucking God. Was there any other things? Uh, we are kind of running up on time here, but anything else that kind of Andrew talked about in his interview that we wanted to kind of comment on. There are some kind of heavier topics or whatever, but I didn't want to just throw all the ones on the table. Anything mm-hmm. you've got for us that you wanted to reflect on? Um, I don't, these are all really long trails for us mm-hmm. to run down. Um, uh, do you want me to bring up Let's one? Pick one of them. Yeah. Okay. I do have. Before we finish, I do yeah. have one that I'd like to bring up. It's what I talked to you guys about. As we left the oh yeah, yeah. End of that was, that's one of my. I definitely so want to. If you can just that. run down that trail, then that'd yeah, be awesome. yeah. So I actually mm. got the example from J.P. Moreland, and I don't know. It sounds like the kind of thing he developed, although I'm mm-hmm. I'm not certain. Um, 
but he was, he was talking about the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And he said, imagine I invite you over to my house to play Monopoly. And I tell you, but actually we play by different rules. So you get your piece and we have the game board. But when it's your turn, you can roll one or two dice. You can roll 10 dice if you want. Um, mm. You can go make yourself a sandwich. You can go take a nap. You can put your feet up and, and watch a movie. You can move the hotels and the houses wherever mm-hmm. you want. You can take them off the board. It's sort of up to you. You know, okay, that's hard to understand, but all right. And so you roll and you do your regular old, do your regular, you play, right? You roll and you go that number of spaces mm-hmm. and you do the regular Monopoly thing. And then uh, the next person comes up and rolls 10 dice and then flips the board off the table and then goes and takes a shower mm-hmm. and goes, all right, Bailey, your turn. Now that's weird. So you decide to set the board back up, put things back sort of as best as you can, as you can remember. And you mm-hmm. roll and you do your, the regular Monopoly thing. And then when it's my time, I don't even roll at all. I say, for my turn, I'm going to go take a nap. And I go in mm-hmm. there. All right, your turn, Jacob. And the, the point is, you can, you can understand the thought experiment, is every move is absurd. And they're, and they're mm-hmm. not goal-oriented at all. Mm-hmm. And each person gets to decide for him or herself what their participation in the game looks like. Mm. And so, so that I don't belabor it too much. I can, I can ask the audience, you can, you could do the thought experiment yourself and just modify it um, to the extent that you need to. So that it all makes sense. But the purpose is to understand that if the game has no purpose, right? So the point is we're playing a game that's purposeless. We're not playing according to any rules that have a purpose mm. anymore. If the game is purposeless, then any individual action is meaningless. Mm. And if we write that large, if the universe is purposeless, then any individual life or any individual action, and you can't, the, the, the sum can't be greater, the whole can't be greater than the sum of its parts. Mm. So any number of added actions can never be meaningful because there's no purpose. And that mm. would be to say that the universe would be analogous to that, that non-rules Un, you know, purposeless version of Monopoly, mm. and therefore no mm. person's input in the game because it ceases to be a game because it doesn't have a purpose. No person's input has any ultimate meaning, mm. and I just like I just like that as a as a thought experiment. We have to. So then, what do we do? Right, that's what we talked mm. about. Then, do we whistle while we work, or do kind of what Ender said, which was you know, do what makes sense, what makes me feel good, what seems which seems right to me. And mm. I would say I would agree with the thing. Like I think he probably has. Um, a decent moral compass and has the right idea about right and wrong and what's valuable and what's virtuous. But that's because he's made in God's image, mm. not because he is the product of mindless chemistry that now has coalesced in the right way. And mm. he's a part of the universe as a chemical reaction. Mm-hmm. Well, not even the right way, a way. A way. Well, yeah. in, the, in the way that produces that kind of result. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, no, that's a very help. Yeah, very because I mean that's basically just how I <laughs> how I think about that mm-hmm. worldview. I mean, like push the rock up the hill. Well, well, why do I have to push the rock up the hill? Why do I, you know, why don't I just like push it sideways or why don't I just keep punching the rock? Is my meaning like there's no rules to the game? I don't have to whistle while I work. I don't have to work. Like it's just all mm-hmm. like it's just there are no rules. It's all just absurd and meaningless and horrible. And, yeah. yeah. What about you? What are you? Um, some thoughts on that? I just, my mm-hmm. only thoughts were um, the thing that brought up that conversation was mm-hmm. um, I was trying to ask him um, what an atheist or a non-Christian mm-hmm. um, 
what reasonable answer they would give to um, the existence of desire or the just the search for purpose that's like mm-hmm. observably universal mm-hmm. from person to person. We all like purpose is a big deal, and um, CEOs hit a point in their life where they burn out or, you know, the mm-hmm. riches that they have don't satisfy them. Mm-hmm. They're like, what am I made to do? And like everyone asks that question. So I was asking Cam, like, how would you, if you believed in evolution, how would you explain that? Like, how would this phenomenon, this universal, be a part of our evolution that we can never mm-hmm. satiate this desire? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what? Um, <laughs> and then Cam uh, told me that analogy um, to basically say, like, I I don't think they can do it. That's yeah. why I believe in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Very interesting, guys. Um, I think that's actually about like what we got for today. But um, really interesting reflections on th- these ideas about you know how would our lives change if we didn't if we stopped believing in God tomorrow. The meaning of life, morality between cultures, like mm-hmm. all great stuff, all stuff to think about. I hope anyone who's listening at home, I hope it was able to help you in some way, shape, or form. And if you have any other questions about it, please comment down below and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Please follow us on yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. and Instagram. Right. And yeah, we'll see you again in two weeks. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.